Welcome to the Jesus Famous Youth Teachings Podcast. Our vision is to see Jesus famous in the lives of the youth of our church. We want to see youth have opportunities for them to come to know Jesus in a complete and whole way and be united together in love, and most importantly, strengthened in the moments of discouragement. Jesus Famous Youth meets on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. and has a middle school program available on Sundays at 11 a.m. Now, let's get into our teaching. All right, guys, how we doing? Good. Yeah, everyone happy to be back to our regularly uh, scheduled programming with our youth group? Yeah, we good? No? Yes, no, maybe so? Yeah? Yeah? Maybe? Okay, right on, guys. Who's, uh, who hasn't started school yet? Seriously? Wow. Okay. That's nice. That's nice. All right. Well, um, hopefully tonight doesn't feel too much like school, but but enough to maybe get you in the mood. Mary, when do you start school? Mary Hooper, when do you start school? 21st. Nice, dang. It's like traditional there. Well, guys, uh, I, I got to admit, I'm still like having a hard time getting back in the swing of things. Summer was just so big and impactful, and there was so much going on that, man, it's like hard to get back into the swing of just like kind of the normalcy of it. And with, you know, getting started with youth group last week, uh, two weeks ago, was it last week we had our Thailand? Was it last week? Dear Lord, man. Whew. Last week was our Thailand night. Say what? You forgot to, Tatum? Okay. You didn't forget. So, so you forgot to? I'm teasing with you, Tatum. All right, guys. Well, it's, it's nice to get back into some type of regular kind of uh, consistency with this youth group and, and with you guys. All you guys know that you're going to your new small groups tonight. Right, so you got your new small group leaders you're getting into, right? So yeah, it's exciting. Um, as you see, there's there's no longer sixth graders within our, our group. It changes the dynamic a little bit, right? There's no longer that little innocence sitting over here in the corner, right? All you pre-sixth graders from last year, now you're big seventh graders, you know, you guys grew up and now you're still you're still you're still like close to human, but still kind of subhuman. You're in that you're in that realm, guys. You are. But you're getting closer, guys. You're getting closer. You get one day. You one day. You will, man. One day. Like a subhuman. It's it's not quite human. You know what? Being human is is not all it's cracked up to be. You're okay. You're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so, Elias, why do you keep getting up? This is like the fourth time. Diarrhea again, buddy. Diarrhea. Yeah. Sorry, man. All right. So. All right. So. Listen up, guys. So we're getting into the normalcy of it. Chris came up and did an awesome job doing worship tonight. Um, I've got a teaching out of Hebrews for you. As you can see, if you've got a Bible there, turn to Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2 tonight. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about teaching this to you and just kind of getting back in the swing of things. I know your small group leaders are excited to talk to you guys about summer and maybe some things the Lord did with you and through you or just kind of be, be back in life with you guys. Like, it's there's so much of this Christian faith that is just in the consistency and just the, the this kind of like day in and day out trusting the Lord and walking with Jesus. And there's so much of that that we try to just um, walk with within this youth group. 
as you guys come, as you grow, as you mature, as you find what it means to walk in Christ as teenagers, as you invite friends to this, this is like not just an outlet for you to grow and mature, but for many of you, this is an outlet where you invite friends. You go like, hey, I'm a Christian. Do you want to come see what that's about? There's a group of Christians that gather on Tuesday nights. They're kind of crazy. They're not that bad, though. And you get free pizza once a month. So <laughs> it's a good thing. We're not. We're not that bad. So, yeah. So let me pray with you guys for the night. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, we got Bibles in the back. A leader can help you find one. Um, but yeah, guys, I'm excited to, to get into this with you. So, Father, we come before you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are just with us here, that your grace is so sufficient um, as we gather together, as we pray, as we worship, as we read your word. And Lord, just as we kind of get into this tonight, Lord, I pray that you would help us to really gather what it means to this, to kind of have this call to faith. Um, and we, we use this word a lot, God, but help us to walk away tonight with a better understanding, a more sincere and genuine understanding of what it means to walk by faith. Uh, I know I'm still growing in that and learning, um, but Father, I pray for these, these young people in here, these young little boys and girls, young men and women, God, that wherever they're at in their life, that they would, even Mason back there, Lord, that they would come to a place of knowing who you are in a faith type way. So God, we give this to you. Uh, speak through me tonight and pass my inadequacies, my stumblings as a man, Father, and uh, to speak loud. So in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so hopefully you've got your Bible open, Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's read those couple verses real quick together, and, uh, and then we will kind of dig into it and see what God has for us tonight. So verse 1, he says, therefore. Now, therefore, whenever you see that in the, in the Bible, you want to ask, well, what is this therefore? It's referring to, to chapter 11, which a lot of times your Bibles may even say this, the hall of faith. It's referring to men and women of the Old Testament who walked to, like, by God's righteousness, that they didn't have Jesus yet. They didn't have the New Testament, but what they had was faith. What they had was the God of the Bible, the true and living God, spoke to them in some way, where all the other false idols, all the other false gods, the ancient gods we see in the Old Testament, they, they didn't speak the way that God spoke. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't heal and, and take under the way that the God of the Bible, the God of the universe did. And so they chose to believe. And because they believed, because they walked by faith, it was accounted to them as righteous. They were made righteous because they believed. So then Paul then, or the writer of Hebrews then says in the first verse of chapter 12, after the hall of faith, he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and this is that, that referring back to Hebrews 11, these men and women that we can look back to and see their example, they weren't perfect. Many of them made horrible mistakes, and they were liars, and they were drunkards, and they, were, they had anger issues, and they were like manipulators, and they were all kinds of different things, but what they had was faith, and so we are surrounded by their witness by their pros, by their cons, by, by their habits and their successes. And that's what surrounds us. That's what reminds us that we're to walk by faith. He then continues in verse 1, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, he says, Look into Jesus, the founder, or maybe you have a New Living Translation, it says the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The second half of verse 2, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So just in these two verses, really what we have here, if we looked at this, it can be interpreted as a call to faith. 
as a call to faith. You look at these two verses and you can't help but surmise that, that the writer of Hebrews is calling us as a Christian body, as, as, as men and women who are following after Jesus, to walk by faith. Verse chapter 11 is here is your example. Now, now from those examples, choose to walk by it. Choose to walk by faith. Not just though faith, what we see in these examples from chapter 11, but what we're being called to is not just faith, but also endurance. An endurance that, that takes a lifetime to achieve. You don't, you don't walk one mile and say, man, I've got endurance, right? You don't play one sport, like one game at the beginning of your season and go, okay, I'm good, I'm done, right? That's not endurance. Endurance is a long distance, right? Endurance is heading in the same direction for a long time, knowing there's a goal at the end of that 40-mile hike after four days, knowing there's a goal of being the MVP or the, the best on your team at the end of a season. That's endurance, and not just endurance, but then that endurance leads to perseverance. And what that perseverance does is it tells us is that your Christian journey will need this thing called perseverance. Now, why does it need perseverance? It needs perseverance because there's going to be hard times. There's going to be times when it's dark. There's going to be times when it's foggy, when you can't see the path in front of you, where you just have to take one step in front of the other, trusting God. And from that faith, you grow in perseverance. It's kind of like the circular reasoning. I'm walking by faith. I need endurance to walk by faith. In the really tough times, to walk by that faith, I need perseverance. To get perseverance, I need faith. It's this beautiful circle that God has given us, but yet this is what Paul, the writer of Hebrews, is telling us to walk by. Like I said, the cloud of witnesses refers to these individuals, these faithful individuals who showed us through their life faith, endurance, and perseverance. That's why it's called the hall of faith. See, it's those that truly endured the trials, those that through their own failures, their own sin nature, they endured the challenges of just being human. Many of you guys are, are learning what it means just to be human, right? Like we were talking about before. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy to do the right thing. It's not always easy to do what God calls us to do, to live by a biblical standard or a biblical morality. It's not always easy. I mean, I wake up days where I'm just like in the flesh, there's some people here that I work with, and they'll tell you, there's days I wake up, and it's just like not good. And yet in that, in that challenge, I still need to endure. I still need to walk by faith. See, the verse encourages believers to let go of anything, to let go of anything that hinders their spiritual growth and to resist the entanglement or the entangling power of sin, you guys. See, if, if this faith, as Paul or the writer of Hebrews here, is, is showing us, it's this endurance, it's this, this race then if we look at that analogy within our own lives, we want as little as possible holding us back. If we do want to endure, if we do want to, to win the race, to finish the race, then we don't want to hold that on us. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a long distance like marathon runner. They wear very little clothes, if any. They wear the, the, the low profile minimalist shoes that, that have like nothing to them. Right, even their water belt is just minimal, right? It's like this string with a couple water bottles on it, right? I mean, it's crazy. They trained to run miles and miles without even taking a drink of water so they don't have to carry it with them. But see, if we take that analogy of running the race and apply it to our sin nature, what the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that, that if you allow these things to hold on to you, they actually entangle you. They don't let you run the race. They don't let you walk by faith or endurance or perseverance, See, it uses the, me the metaphor of a race, which conveys to us, you guys, that pursuing one, one's faith, it actually has an achievable goal at the end. Right? Nobody ran a race saying, I will never achieve that goal. 
But everyone that has ran that race or played that sport or jumped into that ring, they know there is an achievable goal. We, we have the capability of beating that team. I have the, the ability to, to beat other racers, to finish this race. No one ever entered a race by saying, I will never achieve that goal. I'll never finish that race. So in the same way, you and I as Christians are walking into this and we're saying like, there is an achievable goal at the end. There is an achievable goal of walking with Jesus, of finishing this life as good and faithful servants, as knowing that, that a life that even now is, as a, at a young age that you guys are in in your teens, you can start to achieve that, that goal of living for Jesus, of being Christ-like to yourself and to one another. Ultimately, what this verse does or these couple of verses do, does for us is it, it kind of magnifies our spiritual maturity in some ways. It magnifies where are we at with Jesus? Where are we at in our faith walk? Where are we at in our perseverance? Where are we at in our, in our place of, of endurance with our Christian faith? And that's okay. Like, I don't want you to just walk out of here thinking like, man, that, that talk tonight was just great, man. I feel awesome after Josh talked to me. I mean, there's some nights, sure. But ultimately, I want there to be a magnifying glass and opening of, of your Christian maturity saying, where are you? Where are you at with Jesus? And you should say, like, that's something where you look at inwardly and say, where am I at with Jesus and my maturity and my emotional stability and my perseverance and my endurance? See, in summary, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, encourages believers to persevere in their faith, remove obstacles that hinder their spiritual growth, and keep their gaze fixed on Jesus as the ultimate example of endurance and faithfulness, even in the face of challenging and suffering. See, we know there's an attainable goal because we do look to Jesus. He is our example. Yes, we have the hall of faith in Hebrews 11, but ultimately we have the New Testament. We have Jesus's life, his example to us. So we know, as he said, even to his disciples, you will do greater things than me than when I was on this earth. And so we know there is, there is an achievable goal for us to walk by faith, to walk with endurance, to walk with perseverance. And this ultimately, like I said, brings a spiritual maturity and really brings a magnifying glass to where you and I are at and ultimately where we're at in our Christian walk of, of stepping into the battle, stepping into the race, or are we still on the sidelines? And that's something where I want to kind of leave with you tonight or, and, and let you kind of sit on is, and I don't want you answering that. Maybe in your small groups you can talk about it, but are you on the sidelines still? Are you still just kind of waiting to see like, man, is this thing worth it? Is this Christian walk worth it? Or are you in the race? Can you say tonight, yeah, I'm, I'm running. I have been running. I've chosen to, not because my parents are Christian, because I go to this awesome youth group, but because I choose to run the race. I'm choosing to walk with Jesus. Um, where are you at tonight? And usually we can tell, right? We can tell. If you've ever watched a, a sporting match or you've ever watched some type of game or, or a, a race or a fight on TV, you know who came to win. <laughs> you did, you do. Especially when two fighters step into the ring. I, I've, I've done it long enough, and I, I studied it, and I, I watched it long enough that the fact is that usually when I watch some type of fight, I can usually tell who's going to win by the, the dog that's in that person, right? the fight that's in that person. They, they walk in, and you can just tell, man, they're here to win tonight. And ultimately, when we look at each other in, at, in Christ and we look at ourselves, like I want to be able to ask that of myself. Am I here to win the race? Am I here to compete for Jesus? And, and I want others to see that in me. I hope you have that too. I hope that you want to be in that race after, after a talk or a teaching like this tonight. I hope that that burns in you, and I hope that you want others to see that you're in that race also. So let's break this down. So verse, uh, verses, or verse 1 
Again, I'll read it. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So the writer of Hebrew lays out a couple things to us, and ultimately when we read a verse like this, I think we can ask the question, what does this say about me? What does this say about man, right? Men and women uh, that are walking with Jesus, what does this say to us? And I think one of the things it says to us is that we have the tendency to make choices today that wreck our effectiveness of tomorrow. We have the ability to do that. Like if, if, if the writer of Hebrews is laying this out saying, tear down, take away, remove the obstacles, then the logical thought to this is that you and I have the ability to put those obstacles in front of us. We have the ability to put extra weight and extra burden and entangle us um, where, where we don't have to, but yet we have the ability to do so. And so, but those choices we make today, so we need to be wise and mature and understand that they, they affect our tomorrow. They affect the maturing that you're going to be tomorrow and next year and the year after. The habits that you're developing today and in your life right now, the love that you're showing each other or the lack of love that you're showing each other, the slander or the gossip, you guys, or the building up and the love, like those are gonna be habits you build today that will affect who you are, your relationships with others, and how you serve Christ tomorrow. I don't think the writer of Hebrews would lay out the, the idea or even the, the call to let go of these things, to lay aside every weight and every sin that clings so closely to us if we didn't have the ability to hold on to those. So a couple of things as we walk through this. The first one, you guys, know that many have gone before you in this faith, okay? You are not alone in this. I think as a teenager, sometimes we get so deep in our head and deep in sin or struggles or our mentality that we're like, I'm the only one that's dealing with this. I'm the only one that's dealing with this sin. I'm the only one that's struggling with this fear or anxiety or depression. We get in our head. Even as Christians, sometimes we can feel like we're on an island. It's like, man, does, does anybody else feel like me? Does anyone else have the emotion that I'm having right now? But see, when we read something like chapter 11, we see Jesus in the way that he interacted with his disciples and even further into the New Testament and how the disciples interacted with the, the first century church, we can see examples that, no, there are many Christians before us, thousands of Christians before us that went through and walked through the same, same thing that you're walking through right now. There's always been teenagers. There always has been. Jesus himself was a teenager. And, and it says that he went through everything that you and I would ever go through in this life. So that means he went through all the emotions and fears and anxieties that you're going through today, that you go through as a teenager. And so to remember that first and foremost, when you look at these, these things that ensnare us, these sins, these burdens, these, these extra weights, remember you're not alone. That, that, that's why these leaders are here tonight, because they were teenagers once, and they've walked through this. That many of them probably can compare and talk about the same weights that you're going through right now, the same sin, the same struggle, and they're here for you. Number two there, B, the habits you form today will impact your role and calling for tomorrow. See, I love our God, you guys. I mean, think about this. The writer of Hebrews here is laying out for us that you are in this race. You are in this, this long-distance run of Christian faith, and it started when you said, Jesus, I'm yours. I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my God. And you started in this long distance marathon. And yet God is never going to come behind you like some drill sergeant and say, run, <laughs> move, on, give me 20 soldiers. Like that is not God, right? That is not our God. But see, God is willing to walk with us in this endurance race as you and I are, are able to walk, as you and I are able to run. 
our God will walk with us. He'll crawl with us down that path at times. He is always just before us and right behind us, you guys, even in the darkest of times. Our God is no drill sergeant. He's not pushing you like some commando, but what he's doing is walking with you, and he's allowing you to make the choices that you're making today to either impact like, positively or impact negatively in who you're going to be later. In essence, when we look at a verse like this, we can understand that if this is a long obedience in one direction, if this is a marathon in serving Jesus, then I'm going to reach that goal. But who do I want to be when I reach that goal? Who do you want to be when you're 18? Who do you want to be when you're 21, 22, 30? Who do I want to be when, when Josh Shively is 45, 50 years old and, and like, like still serving? Like, who do I want to be? And see, we have this ability, but see, Jesus is only going to take us as far as our faith allows us to take, allows us to go. He's not going to push you. He's not going to drive you, but he's going to walk with you. And if you're ready to run, if you're ready to say, Jesus, I want more, I want to lay aside these sins and these things that ensnare me, then he will run with you. But if you're in a place right now where you're like, all I can do is crawl, Jesus, then he'll crawl with you. Number three, you guys, the Christian walk is a long distance race in the same direction. See, remember this. Take, take your time. <laughs> I've known Christians that grow like a weed, and they run, and they sprint, and eventually they kind of chill. <laughs> right? And I know Christians that take time. They take time to grow and mature, but see, they, they've learned that, that it's not about necessarily how fast and far I make it right now, but it's about doing this for another 10, 15, 20, 50 years. You know, Pastor Jeff Buck just retired from our church, you guys. Like 60 years of ministry. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. And yet he's not done. Now he's serving pastors. Like now he's just like meeting up with other pastors, younger pastors to, to disciple them and walk through life with them. That's a long distance race in the same direction. So young Christians know that, that you're gonna hear thousands of sermons in your life. You're gonna hear thousands of podcasts and you're gonna read the Bible thousands of times. Hopefully you're gonna, you're gonna hear thousands of, of worship songs. You're gonna have moments of, thousands of moments of devotional time and prayer time. Take what you can from each one of those moments and, and know that like, okay, I have tomorrow to grow. I have tomorrow to read more. And I have the day after that. I've got 10 years, I've got 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years to know Jesus more. And just remember, it's all about just walking in the same direction, walking towards Jesus. So as we read verse one, we have to understand that we do have the tendency to put weight on. We have the tendency to, to burden ourselves. But see, those three points I made, you guys, remember that you don't have to, that there's those around you that, that have walked this race before, are still running this race, that, that you have the calling upon you, that these things don't have to hold you back. We then go into the first part of verse two where he says, looking to Jesus, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, or as it says, which really hit me in the New Living Translation, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Pioneer just kind of hits me differently. It's, it's, it's someone that's not afraid to get dirty. Right? You think of a pioneer, right? We, especially here on the on California coast, where you have the gold, we have images of the gold rush days and logging days, and the pioneers came across the frontier and you know, all that stuff. But see, they weren't afraid to get dirty. They weren't afraid to dig new ground. And see, if Jesus is the pioneer of our faith, it means that he was there at the beginning. He knows your faith from the very start of it, the sprout of it, you guys. And when we read a verse like this, it should tell us about God, that Jesus' idea of faith is one of adventure, sacrifice, and purpose. 
His idea of faith is one of adventure, sacrifice, and purpose. That whole idea of founder or pioneer, perfecter, not just that he started it, but he's willing to finish the work in you. Like I said, Jesus is going to be with you every step of that race, whether you're running or you're crawling, but he's going to be with you to finish the good work that he started. See, we know Jesus' call to faith because he told us about it, and then also he lived it. When we see his example in the New Testament, what we see is, is a God that, that lived this life, walked by faith to show us through his actions how to do this, how to be a Christian, how to serve God, how to honor God and walk obedient in the direction that God has you go in. He told us about it. He lived it out, and then we saw it lived out through his disciples. First off, in his life, we saw every step that Jesus made. We know that he lived fully in the flesh, but yet fully without sin, and so in that, we see his life. We see a life that showed love, that showed compassion and grace, but yet spoke truth. We see it in the way that he did ministry, who he reached out to. Think about it, you guys. He reached out to the down and out, those that were on the outskirts of the city, those that would not be touched by the religious rulers of those days, by the, the modern-day church of that day. He reached out to them. He went to the sick. He went to the lame. He went to those that were diseased and paralyzed. He went to those that were demon-possessed that felt the complete oppression of, the, of depression, of anxiety and fear and mental illness. He went to those people. He showed us how to live by faith through his ministry. He ultimately then showed us through his death and resurrection. Jesus then exemplifying this life of faith because God's plan for him was to go to the cross. That was always plan A, right? God's plan for Jesus was to go to the cross, to die for your and I's sin, not just conquering sin, but then death as he rose three days later. He showed that, that even all that burden, as we saw in the Garden of Gethsemane, that was upon him, that he was going to take on the sin of mankind, be separated from the Father for the first time in all eternity, yet he chose to walk by faith to show us that he was willing to walk in the faith that God had put before him, the path that God had put before him. And then ultimately his calling to his disciples. Now, Jesus did a lot of things that you and I will never do. Right? Like he did a lot of miracles. He did a lot of things that, that you and I will never do or we will strive to do and not hit because he was Jesus. But one of the things that he did and he told his disciples to do was to love one another. He told them that they will know you, they will know you're my disciples by the way that you love. This agape type love, this sacrificial type love that Jesus laid out to his disciples and laid out to us today is really, guys, where we come to this place of understanding that Jesus is calling us on this, this, this adventure, this place of faith. See, love is going to be such a, a, a test for you of where you're at in your maturity, where you're at in this faith walk with Jesus. See, ultimately, when we read a verse like looking to Jesus, the founder, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, what we see in that is Jesus is willing to walk with us through everything we go through. He's willing to walk the adventure with us as he calls us deeper. He's willing to show us how to sacrifice for one another in a real, genuine, love-type way. And then ultimately, one of the biggest questions so many people on this planet are asking is, what is my purpose? Why are we here? See, we as Christians get to walk with Jesus. We get to understand that our purpose is to serve him. Our purpose is to honor and know the God that created us and then live this life like him to the best of our ability, to build his kingdom, to ultimately walk by faith. You guys, this is the underlining tone of this entire verse is that, that you and I are called to walk by faith. It's like what you're, it's like you're, as humans, you know, we want to thrive, we want to we produce and grow and create. 
But as Christians, it's like your base nature is to walk by faith. And see, Jesus showed us this in his life, his ministry, his death and resurrection, and ultimately his calling to his disciples. Lastly, the second part of verse 2, you guys, he says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The joy, the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, the right hand of the throne of God. I mean, this verse, you guys, like, you read it, and, and you've probably heard it before if you've gone to Sunday school or you know, you've read through the book of Hebrews. You've heard this verse. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, the idea of joy and the cross, I mean, those just don't match up, right? Like the idea of joy, right? Joy is, is, is a puppy dog, right? Joy is your favorite meal. Joy is seeing a best friend. Joy is, is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with banana in between and a glass of milk. Like, like joy is, is a double-double and animal-style fries. Like, like I know I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> joy is so much of this life that we can, we can obtain. And we're like, yeah, I know how to get joy. But see, the idea, you guys, of the cross, the cross, literally, crucifixion comes from the word excruciating, right? Excruciating pain. It, it, there's some historians that say the cross is still known as the, the, the most horrifying and painful way to die because of how long it took. It was basically designed to humili- humiliate the person being crucified on it and to, to, to make their death last and, and it was, it was horrible. And yet this verse tells us that Jesus actually had joy to go to it because of what it did, because it saved us. It brought reunion. It brought commitment. It brought covenant between us and God. But then ultimately, it, it completed the walk of faith that Jesus was called to have. He was completing his Father's will. And you guys, that example to you and I should just resound to us that, all right, then if Jesus did that and he was God, how much more is my life to be walking by faith and completing the will that God has for me? And so you guys, this is hard because it takes your will, your desire out of the equation, your kingdom, what you're building. It takes it out of the equation. It says, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven above my will. You guys, it's hard, but that does show where we're at with maturity in Jesus. Now, what does it say about our God? What does it say about our God, you guys? Well, it says, God's plan has always been to gain a relationship with you and to draw you deeper into a life of faith. See, if you think about it, in the very beginning, God created the Garden of Eden, this in-between place of heaven and earth where man and woman could walk with God. We could have relationship with God. There was no shame. There was no sin. There was no, no, no embarrassment of sin and corruption. And so we could walk with God. So God's plan originally was this place of relationship, this place of drawing deeper into God. This idea that God is big and vast and you could spend eternity getting to know him and his character and who he is and he just gets bigger. He just gets more vast. He just gets more powerful the more you get to know him. And see, that mirrors even your walk of faith right here and right now. That as you grow and mature and get to know God, he's always been that big, but as you get to know him, he just gets bigger. It's like you can never come to the end of who God is. This was his plan in the very beginning, yet sin entered, it broke that, it broke that relationship. So even when we chose death and mediocrity, he still pursued us. See, what we see, you guys, is our God that that even in the place of sin and death and corruption and separation, he still pursued us. He still pursued us in such a way of asking us, do you want to keep walking by faith? Do you want to keep trusting me? Do you want to keep building this relationship, this covenant with me? 
I mean, this is an awesome God that, that pursued us in love, pursued us knowing that our purpose was not just this mediocrity or this worship of false idols and this way the world moves, but yet to pursue him. Number three there, he was willing to endure so we could live life to the full. He was willing to endure. See, you guys, not just God's faithfulness to us through the Old Testament, and that's really what resounds through so much of the Old Testament is God's faithfulness to his people over and over again. Even though they worshiped other gods, even though they committed adultery with other religions, even though they pursued other things, he had endurance for them. But then ultimately what we see is that Jesus endured the cross so that we could really understand, we could really grasp, have this tangible, this tangible vision, this tangible item in front of us that the cross that Jesus endured so that you and I would understand what faith is. And lastly, you guys, he is in charge and control and has you in his hands. See, if you finish verse two there, what it says is he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If you remember going through the Revelation series a couple, well, a couple months ago now, that right hand of God always means power. And when we see Jesus walking in the midst of the churches, he's holding, he's holding the churches in his right hand, his hand of power. And we see here, as the writer of Hebrews lays it out, that the goal for Jesus, right, if Jesus walked that life, that, that race that, that we're talking about here in Hebrews, he, he took that long obedience in the same direction to the completion where God wanted him to die on a cross to complete the sacrificial, like, like the sacrifice for all mankind's sin, then his goal was then to be back and united with God. And you guys, that's no different than you and I. Our goal at the very end of this life is not fame or fortune or money or popularity or, or you know, adventures necessarily, but our goal is to be back with our Father, to be back in a place of union and commitment and covenant with him. And that's a beautiful goal. And see, the cool thing is, it's not just that we just sit around like monks and go, well, yeah, one day I'm gonna die and be back with God. But man, as we go down this faith walk, as we go down this, this purpose that God has put before you, we get the amazing adventure of serving Jesus, of living in this life with pur pur purpose and passion, producing fruit in ourselves and in those around us. Discipleship. You get to be, as a Christian, someone that pours into others to see them mature, to see them grow. That's not just something some Christians do. That's what every Christian should be doing. But the fact is our God is in control, you guys, and he has us. He has us through this walk. So ultimately, again, as we look at these two verses, what I want you to understand is that God is with us through that walk, that this Christian life is a journey, and it's a long-distance, like, marathon-type run. And ultimately, you guys, our God continually through that walk wants to draw you deeper. He wants to draw you so much deeper. He wants to show you how big he is. He wants to show you how, how amazing and how full your life can be when you say yes to him. Lastly, a couple applications as we finish tonight, you guys, is um, first one, make the choices today to be more in the game tomorrow. Now, when I say in that, it's like, the, like I said, the choices you make right now, the choices you're making today will affect your tomorrow. They'll affect how you compete and how you walk and how you serve Jesus tomorrow or 10 years from now or 15 or 20 years from now. So start making the choices today to be more in the game tomorrow. Number two there, say yes to the adventure of serving Jesus. You guys, it starts with like the little bit, right? Like Jesus says, hey, I want you to tell somebody at school that they're loved today. Or hey, I want you to, I want you to not, not speak sarcasm constantly, but I want you to speak something of encouragement and love. 
I want you to build somebody up rather than tear somebody down. I want you to, I want you to, to, to maybe it's to, to let go of a social media for a while, to spend time with me, or maybe it's, it's to, to cut out something in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a type of music you listen to. I don't know. But the fact is what God is saying is he's giving us all these areas, all these places to say yes to him. I think our God just kind of lays it out before us. There's many places that we can grow. But see, when we say yes to one thing, it's easier to say yes the next time. Until, yeah, you're gonna wake up one day and you're ready to say yes to go to another country. You're ready to say yes to serving Jesus in ministry or to be someone that, that is, is abandoned for the Lord and you're not, a, you're not ashamed to tell everyone around you that you're a Christian, that Jesus loves them. It starts with a little yes today, but that adventure, you guys, just grows. Lastly, trust that Jesus is in control. This is a long journey. It's a long walk. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of deep valleys. We get very few mountaintop highs that show us where we've come from, right, and how much we've grown. Most of your Christian walk is gonna be in the valley with a whole lot of fog, like PG fog, basically, right? Like, that's gonna be most of your Christian walk. But see, if we remember that Jesus is in control, then we can walk by faith. We can trust that that goal at the end of this, this hike, the end of this adventure, the end of this, this run is worth it because Jesus is in control. Even in the darkest valleys, the darkest places of your life, see, when, when it just seems like you're, all, you're abandoned, you can't see him, you can't feel him, you just got to know that he is in control. And so, Father, I thank you for this time. We give you the rest of tonight. Lord, we praise you and worship you in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Well, stay, no, don't move anywhere. Don't go anywhere yet. Um, so, Erica, go and grab that extra mic over there and come on up here. Um, uh, so Eric and I want to chat with you about something. She's back there playing with the baby instead of getting ready to come up here. Come on up, Erica. All right, guys, so um, I want to chat with you guys about something. Hi. Um, all right. Say what? Terry left. Terry left. Um, big baby. Uh, all right, guys. So, so as you guys know, this summer was absolutely amazing, right? Um, the summer was something that I mean, I would say probably one of the best summers I've ever had in youth ministry um, that we've ever had in youth ministry. Discipling and seeing fruit from just a lot of intentionality and consistency with youth group and you guys growing and maturing and and so. God really did something in us, in the Shivelys. Um, and I want you guys to know that this, we did not enter this year, uh, 2023, thinking that, that anything was changing. Um, we did not enter this summer thinking that anything was changing. But um, we went to Thailand, and it rocked us. Um, yeah, Eric and I, we got to be on the same team and kind of went into our mode of like serving and doing ministry together and discipling, even on the mission field. And and we got to do that together. We got to let Eliana go on another team and, and didn't get to see her for like seven days. And then we got to watch Seth as, as now he's a freshman in this place of the mission field. And, um, and the Lord did something really cool to us. And so pretty quickly, Eric and I started feeling like, man, this could be home. Unknowingly, though, that's yeah. the cool thing is that it was unknowing. Um, Josh actually has 
always had a heart of a missionary, has always had the heart of wanting to go out and serve wherever he can. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember still in the early on stages of us dating, he came over to my house and watched uh, the yeah. movie End of the Sphere. End of the Sphere. And he watched that with my parents and with my family. And my mom is watching him, just like full-on daggers, just watching him as Josh is sitting there literally like bawling his eyes out. Um, And she comes up to me later as he was getting ready to leave. And she pulls me aside and she goes, you know he wants to die a martyr? (laughs) 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 And I was like, I don't think he necessarily wants to die, but... Yes, he would love to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And she just point blank just asked, like, mm-hmm. are, are you ready to date a guy and possibly continue on with that same mission, that same mindset that he has? Mm-hmm. Um, very clear yeah. in my mind because mm-hmm. it, it was definitely a marker that I had come to mm-hmm. as, even before we started dating, like, just knowing that that was your heart. Yeah. And so this habit that he has, he's always had this, like, just looking and always searching, asking the Lord where to next. Um, but he's also learned, I guess, like yeah. each missions trip that we've ever taken. Mm-hmm. Don't bug Erica about this is the next place <laughs> that we're moving to. Yeah. Um, my, my, draw the line at flesh-eating butterflies. Yeah. We, can't, we can't move anywhere with flesh-eating butterflies. <laughs> you know, this whole yeah. message, it was very much like I need to learn how to say yes to the Lord and wherever he moves me. I had three rules in my life. Never leave my family. Never move more than two hours away from them, never become a pastor's wife, and never homeschool my kids. And I think every single one of those rules was broken, but it was, again, my journey of learning to say yes to the Lord. And so at Thailand, it was very much like, not just because it was hot, and it was like, (laughs) if he touched me, I was just like, get away from me, make me sweat. Um, But it was also very much like, the Lord was doing something separately in our hearts and mm. our minds. Um, and so he chose not to talk to me about anything, which was pretty neat. Because I was yeah. just going to the Lord. Yeah, I mean, all these years of ministry, we've learned, like, it's, like, her testimony belongs to Jesus, not to me. And the same thing, my, and the same thing with my kids. Their testimony ultimately is Jesus's, not mine, not Erica's. Yeah. And so watching God move in all four of us as we were just serving, doing what God has called us to do, leading this group. Um, he was really stirring something in us in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I don't know, towards the end of it, Eric and I kind of like looked at each other. We're like, wow, this, this feels different than any other mission trip. This feels different than any other, any other thing that we've done. And uh, about that time, uh, David Joannes, the, the, um, the director of Within Leach Global, came up to me and basically asked, like, would you guys ever, be con- ever consider being here, ever consider being a part of our team um, the position is an internship director where, where we'll be running young adults and, and um, we would be running basically a gap year program of discipleship and Bible college and pouring into kind of the next generation of, of Christians. And I said, well, yeah, we, we'll pray about it. You know, we'll see what the Lord does. And, and so then... Again, separately. Yeah. Separately, we were, yeah. <laughs> we're talking separately. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're going through this trip, just wanting to focus on the trip, focus on our teams um, got back together with the, the other teams as we split. It was just such an amazing time of fellowship and just, just seeing the fruit, getting to hear from Ellie after not seeing her for six, seven days, and just how the Lord impacted her. And she was feeling this calling to, to missions, calling, feeling this calling to, to step deeper into faith, knowing like this is who God is calling us to be as a family. 
watching Seth, basically, when we got to the villages, he went native, like, put on a straw hat, had the Koran bag, and he was in the back of a Toyota pickup truck somewhere. I don't know, like, just went native, you know, and watched my son just kind of adapt to this, this different culture. And so, ultimately, you know, we fly back, and, and we get to spend two weeks um, on vacation just really talking and processing through this and what God was doing in us. And, um, and so we basically, like, came to the conclusion, filled out an application, got an interview, and within Reach Global invited us to come and be their internship directors. And we've said yes, you guys. Um, and, so, and so as a family, we're, we're pursuing um, the call to full-time mission work. Um, we're going to be stepping out of Calvary and into a place of, of serving Jesus in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and Eastern Asia. Um, and this is where we feel like the Lord is leading us for this, for this next step and this next season of our life. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dad? The reason why we want to tell you guys is because we love you Mm. a ton. Um, This is really hard. Like I've been struggling with this all day. Yeah, I'm like I feel so bad. I feel like I've lied to you, Emily. (laughs) Um, Those of you that don't know, this whole journey of us, um, kind of the Lord stirring our hearts, actually started before gleanings hit. So we were coming back from gleanings, and we had already kind of gotten the feeling that something was stirring. Um, Just didn't know what that was. We didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. We just kind of had this feeling, something's coming up. Before we even got home, um, I got a call from our um, landowners uh, of our house, and they're like, hey, you need to move out. You got 60 days. And uh, I think it was Donya. Is Donya here? She saw my face, (laughs) and she was just like, what? What happened? I'm like, nothing. I can't say anything right now. Um, it didn't tell him for a full day because that's like a big deal, you guys, especially here in Monterey. And that's not why we moved to Thailand. It was just definitely like almost like the first kick. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, guys, when we get to make a move like this, we're, we're not running from anything. And that's the beautiful thing of this. We're not, we're not leaving Calvary because it's like they're pushing us out and they're tired of the Shivelys, you know, or we're not leaving you guys because we're tired of youth ministry. It's, no. It's just the, this is the Lord getting to... To, to call us deeper into faith, deeper into serving him, and to get to be an example to you guys mm-hmm. and to, to, to whoever we serve and whoever we have served in the past. And ultimately, guys, I want, you know, to under, I want you to know that the last six years of being here, being a youth pastor, serving with Erica over you guys, over our leaders, have all been to build a foundation, have all been to, to, been to build a foundation for you guys to then be the next generation of Christians where God has put you, whether it's here in this church or whether it's somewhere else in the world or as you go to college, the fact is God has done a work in this youth group. And it's not because like we're just these amazing people because it's not about us, mm-hmm. but it's about the fact that you've shown up Tuesday after Tuesday, event after event to, to learn and to grow and to be a more mature and solid Christian. Yeah. Like that's what it's about. That's ultimately what it's about. And I'm, I'm excited to see what Jesus Famous Youth continues to become after the Shivelys are out of the picture because it's not about us. Like, it's not about us. It's about Jesus doing a work in you and you saying yes to Jesus. So I know this is going to be tough. I know this is, is a bittersweet moment where I know many of you are going to be excited for us. Like, like uh, you, those of you that know us know that our, our hearts are just to, to be abandoned and to serve Jesus no matter where we go. But I also know this is hard. Yep. Like as you guys started, showing, I thought I was good, and then you guys started showing up on campus. And I'm like, crud, man, this is this is really tough. But see, the thing is, guys, we all get to now continue to walk by faith, like being examples for one another, encouraging one another, 
Ultimately, I hope and I pray for every one of you that, that your life will just continue to be just radical for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and one day, whether it's you come to Thailand on the next mission trip in 2025, right? Because Ann Jensen's already planning it, you know? <laughs> or maybe you come to and be one of our interns, right? Like, like I want to see what Jesus has continued to do in you and with you. And maybe, maybe we don't meet up again until heaven, but the fact is I want to see what Jesus has done with you and through you in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really the goal, right, guys? I mean, that's really the goal. I have to say, you guys, it was really neat to go to Thailand with our group of 25 kids and to watch you guys, to hear the stories of you stepping outside of your comfort zones, um, allowing the Lord to move in you, through you, watch you lay hands on others, strangers that you didn't know, to pray over them, to get on a stage and lead everybody in a worship song. That was like such a moment of pride and joy that Josh is talking about, the joy of like, I'm working, this is what I've been working mm-hmm. for, for six years with you guys, and to watch you then go and do, wow, mm-hmm. so cool. It is. And honestly, um, you guys know, like, Thailand has some of the last people that have never heard of Jesus, mm-hmm. and people are purposely going there to learn how to evangelize, how to reach them, how to go into those villages. And for me, as much joy as I receive from teaching you guys and being with you, sitting with you, praying with you, crying with you, encouraging you day in and day out, I also want to be a part of that mission field of reaching the finals Mm -hmm. and then also raising up the next young generation there where they're specifically wanting to go out in those areas. Mm and just showing them how to do that even there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to me, is so exciting. But it's really because I can see the fruit in you guys, mm-hmm. all right? So, yes, we step out. We don't mean to abandon you. If anything, when we choose to step out, when we remove ourselves from a position, um, so to speak, in the spotlight, mm-hmm. we actually open up the door and we ask somebody else, hey, somebody else is filling the call to step into this position. Somebody else in this room or maybe at this church or however it is that they are gonna go about, somebody else is feeling the call to step outside of their comfort zone and teach in youth ministry to reach young kids like yourselves. Mm -hmm. That's what happens in this amazing Mm -hmm. life, this growth of our Christian walk, our Christian faith. We get to a certain point and the Lord says, all right, I want you to go further. But, but, but I can't leave these people. No, I got them. I got them more. I love them more than you do. I need you to be obedient mm-hmm. and let somebody else take the next spot because yeah. they need to grow. That's good. And so that's kind of where we're at, you guys. So I'm sorry if you feel like we're up and abandoning you. I promise we're going to do our best to like, Equip <laughs> well, ultimately, where we too, can. Right? Well, I want you guys to know, too, that Calvary, Calvary Monterey really loves and values this youth group. And this church is, is already, like, looking, and, and we're coming up with a plan of what's the next steps for this youth group. This, like, this youth group, Jesus Famous Youth, will not just be kind of pushed aside or abandoned because the Shivelys have left, okay? Like, we want you to know that, that the next, you know, basically season of us being here and finishing here is, is going to be a lot of setting it up for success and mm-hmm. setting it up with Calvary Monterey so that you guys know that, like, like this youth group is valued. You're taken care of. You're loved here. Um, and so really that's the, really the next steps, you guys, is that 
we're planning on being here through the, through the year. Um, if God keeps leading, uh, we will be uh, heading to Chiang Mai in January of, of 2024. And so about four, four months away or so, guys. And yep, so <laughs> if it works out, the Lord keeps leading. I mean, we're stepping into the realm of full-time missionary, which means like raising support and that kind of thing, which is a whole new realm for us. But ultimately, guys, what this is is, is, is us getting to establish, build something that we've done for the last six years, and then see it finish well, right? See our season here finish well so that you guys can continue on and, and thrive and be the youth group and the example, not just to Calvary Monterey, but to our peninsula that we've been, you guys. Yeah. I mean, this youth group has lasted through a pandemic, through everything that, that's gone on in our world. This youth group has not shriveled up and died. It is, it is excelled. It's grown. It's thrived. And you guys, whether you know it or not, when I talk to other new, new youth pastors in this area, or I talk to the FCA, you know, Fellowship of Christian Athlete guys, like this youth group is known for thriving, not, not falling apart. And I really believe it's going to continue to thrive even, even when we're removed because you guys are walking in the spirit and you're, you're serving Jesus and this church is behind you guys, okay? So I want you guys to know that. And so we're around, um, God willing, you know, through the year, we're not just up and leaving you guys. So if you have any questions or your parents want to come talk to us, please come talk to us. Like, like we're still your, I'm still your youth pastor as long, and I probably will always be your favorite youth pastor. I just, just accept that, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Um, but the thing is, guys, like I'm, I just so I'm looking forward to see what God does with you, mm-hmm. you know, even through this season. Okay. You can cry with our youth, our youth leaders. They all know. Um, and, Some of uh, them are mad at us, and that's okay. You can yeah. be on their side. Because like, if you're yeah. mad, then you're not crying. If you're not crying, I'm not crying. <laughs> so we're good. Terry wants to body slam me. That's why it's so far away from me here. So, yeah. Love you, guys. Yeah, love you too, Tim. Yeah. Love you too, Tim. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Like I said, if you have any questions or anything, you guys can talk to us. Like, um, it's okay. Like change can feel like loss, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's okay. It's a good thing. So, so let's just walk through this together and, and let's see what God has. Okay. So father, we thank you again for this night. We give you glory and praise for the way that you move us, the way that you shape us and challenge us. Lord, so we give you praise for this, God bless these, these students, hearts and minds, Lord, as they go into small groups and Lord, let this be a time of processing and talking through things, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you at Youth Group on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. If you'd like more information about JFY or have a question, reach out to us at joshuas at calvary.com or DM us on Instagram at ymcalvary.